Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is October 25th, 2017. Strong hand, long-term thinking, buy and hold. All right, everyone. This is a very special One Bitcoin Show. Our one topic is Brian Kelly of BK Capital. You know him as a CNBC contributor. All of his links are below. I always put all the important links below and believe me, they are, there are some important ones down there today. Brian, welcome to the show. Oh, he clicked off there. Brian, I see your face. I do not hear you. We're having some technical difficulties. We, Brian and I were just talking. Wow. I don't know what happened there. Let me see something, everyone. This is the joy of live YouTube. You never know what's going to happen. Brian, are you there? I'm here now. There we go. Awesome, dude. All right. I, I am pumped to have you here. I'm pumped is, to be here, man. Love the energy. Yeah, we, Yes, you, you disappeared for a second there, but now you're back. Welcome. I, did you hear my introduction and everything? I just want to see when you clicked off or anything. Like I, I heard most of the introduction. You were on the links and whatnot, so uh, awesome. I heard most of it. Well, you are well-known for your CNBC contributions. You just wrote a great Forbes article, which I also linked to below. Everyone should check it out. In the article, you said Bitcoin, the currency, is the incentive for all of us to become John Rock Rockefeller. Bitcoin creates the incentive for people to run a new financial system that's outside of the traditional one. Those are some bold words. So you're clearly a big fan of Bitcoin, but the article also says you, you, you weren't always a big fan. So tell us how you got started in, in all of this and tell us what you originally thought of Bitcoin and the whole metamorphosis. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, so, um... Let, yeah, I mean, my background is as a currency trader. Uh, I've run a global macro uh, fund for a while now, um, and it really had a focus on currency. So back in, I think it was 2012 or so, I kind of stumbled across Bitcoin. Uh, I think I read about it in the Financial Times. And like everybody else in the world at that time, uh, except for a few really smart people, I thought it was a total scam. I didn't think it would work. Uh, I had all the old notions of what a currency needs to be. You know, it needs to be backed by a government. It needs to have an army defending it. Um, it has to be issued by a government. All those things uh, were in my head because I'd spent 20 years in the traditional financial markets or 25 years in the traditional financial markets. So that's what I was led to believe, and that's what I believed. So I dismissed it um, for about a year. And then the price started rising, and uh, I kind of took a look at it again. And I still thought it was a bubble, still thought it wouldn't work. Uh, but now, I also, now, now, where were we in time? What year was this about? So now? 2012 is when I first stumbled on it and okay. then took another look, but basically dismissed it until 2013. Um, okay. And in 2013 is when I bought my first Bitcoin. Uh, not because I, I believed it and, and, and found the Bitcoin religion, if you will, but because I thought it was a huge bubble and I wanted to be part of it. Um, and so I, I rode that bubble all the way up to 12 or 1300. Uh, and then wrote it all the way down to 250. 
Um, and I made every mistake that I tell every trader not to make. I turned a trade into an investment. I didn't do my research. Um, I, I did everything wrong. And then once I was, had a losing position, I thought, okay, you know what? I should probably look into what I own here. And again, I would not recommend this for anybody in your audience. This was a huge mistake. That being said, once I started looking into Bitcoin and actually what it was and, and kind of was able to break through those old, old ideas that I had, I, it, it hit me like a brick that, man, this is a revolutionary technology. It's going to change everything I do. It's going to change everything I know about the financial markets. And therefore, I need to know everything about it. Um, so that turned into me writing a book in 2014 called The Bitcoin Big Bang. And then since then, I have been uh, investing in the space in both the currencies and doing some angel investments uh, in equities. All right. So you, you come from the traditional stock background, though. Do, do you have any what – what were your feelings toward gold beforehand? Because we have a lot of people that come from the gold area. That, that, yeah. That I mean, for me, gold was um, – Gold was a, was a trading vehicle. Um, it, you know, it was a way to trade against the dollar. It was a way to hedge against inflation. It was just one other thing um, on my palette that I could use uh, for my portfolio. Um, I didn't really have, well, I'm not a gold bug. I, I never really thought you need to have X amount of allocation to gold. Um, in fact, you know, I think anybody who's buying the gold ETFs with if the intention of ever taking delivery are out of their mind. Because I, I think the day that you're going to actually want and need gold, uh, if you show up at the uh, ETF store with your piece of paper that says, hey, I own some gold, I think there's very little chance that you're going to get it. So you, you didn't have an ego or anything. You're like, you, you didn't feel like, oh, this Bitcoin thing's going to make me a thing of the past because I was a stock guy. You moved on. You adapted. What do you think about the gold guys that don't adapt? That, I mean, there are a lot of guys that have changed now. Do you see a lot of people changing or do you see a lot of stubborn people out there? Uh, you see both. You see both. And, you know, I think I, I, I actually kind of, um, I feel fortunate um, uh, about where I am uh, in my career because during the 90s, when I started early 90s, um, you know, I traded through the whole internet boom. Um, but I was, I was too dumb and young and poor to really take a lot of advantage of it. I mean, I, it was fine. Uh, but I certainly, uh, you know, did not become one of the Silicon Valley superstars. Um, and so I kind of, I actually, you know, look back and feel fairly fortunate. I went through that because when I saw Bitcoin, I said, well, this could be the same type of thing. And I'm not going to miss this once in a generation opportunity over the last years. I've, you know, um, I have found that, you know, when Bitcoin was at 250, people were, were thinking I was crazy. They thought I was nuts. Uh, Bitcoin at 6,000, everybody's my best friend. Uh, so people are changing price. It's amazing what price will do. Um, but there is a real cultural generational divide. Uh, and I kind of sit between the two generations, which are the baby boomers who love gold and they've known that for their whole life and they're going to hold on to their gold. And the millennial generation, which doesn't really believe in gold, thinks it's just a shiny rock uh, and would prefer to be in the crypto space. And to them, math is, math is what they trust in. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to see, see kind of both sides and I've shifted and said, you know what, if I look at the next 20 years of my career, uh, and 20 years of my business, where's the growth area, gold or Bitcoin, gold or crypto, crypto is the easy answer. Yes, it is. Now you said you've shifted and that word kind of sounds like Peter Schiff and <laughs> people, 
know you, uh, uh, at least in my little space here, you were the dude who debated Peter Schiff on CNBC um, in the Bitcoin debate. And it, it was pretty fun. It was pretty legendary. It was pretty loud. What, what do you think of that? What do you think about Peter Schiff? What, what do you think about being stubborn like he is? <laughs> Listen, I mean, in terms of being, first of all, Peter's a very intelligent uh, person. He is a, you know, a very well-researched investor. So I, I certainly respect what he's done. Um, you know, he, he has 5,000 years of history on his side with gold. Um, that for the last 5,000 years, it has served as some kind of store of value. Uh, that's hard to overcome. And, and I understand where he's coming from because I was there as well. Um, I just tend to be, I, you know, I, I think that to me, the most important thing in investing is being able to adapt. I, I don't know what the future is going to be, but I know that if I can adapt and I can listen and pay attention, um, that's where my best ideas come from. So, you know, I love Peter. I think he's great. I just think he's wrong on Bitcoin. And a fun debate to be part of. Was that a good time? Did you get a lot of yeah, good feedback? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Got a lot of good feedback. Um, you know, doing doing that on TV is is fun. Um, you know, you get fired up, and there's a lot of energy in there. Um, and the it's yeah, it, it it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Well, if you if you ever talk to Peter, get him to come on my show. I mean, everybody, everyone wants to hear Peter uh, get onto a, a hardcore Bitcoin show, but he hasn't been on one yet. So uh, hopefully well, one day he'll. I will pass it <laughs> along to him. <laughs> awesome. Everyone, pound that like button if you want to hear uh, Peter Schiff on this show. And if you love this Brian Kelly, he is full of energy. I'm, I'm loving it. So in, in terms of Bitcoin, you said, you, I mean, you've been a trader before and everything. I am not a trader of Bitcoin. Let me tell you that. I am just a simple buy and hold guy. That's my, I, I think that's the best method. And that we're going to have a, a halving in the year 2020. Do you trade Bitcoin? Do you recommend people do it? Or are you just a buy and hold guy too? What's your strategy? No, I'm a trader. I, I'm an active trader. Um, and what that means in this space is, is um, you know, moving around our core position uh, in Bitcoin and the other currencies. Uh, do I recommend it for other people? Here's my view on investing in general. There, the, it, it's this. There is no holy grail to investing. You need to match your investment style to your personality. Um, and so if you're the type of person who doesn't want to be in front of a screen all day and, and doesn't, you know, may, may look at the price every once in a while, then that's fantastic. And you're going to make a heck of a lot more, more money by being a buy and hold. If you're somebody who likes to look at the screen and, and trade around, if that's your personality, then you should be a trader. Um, that to me is where I've seen people make the most success and actually lose the most money. People that are buy and holders trying to be traders, uh, and traders trying to be buy and holders. It just doesn't work. Do you have a stash that you just keep up that you don't trade at all? Do you have like a, a hold stash somewhere or is it, are you willing to risk it all all the time? Uh, I'm, you know, um, I don't really have a stash. I, I consider everything um, in our fund and, and in my personal holdings, which is almost exclusively in the fund. Uh, I consider that all to be actively, uh, candidates to be actively managed. Okay. Tell us about this fund a little bit, uh, about your fund. I'm, I'm curious. I don't know much about it. Okay, so it's it's the BKCM Digital Asset Fund. It's a hedge fund, um, an actively managed portfolio of, I'd say probably the top 20 to 30 di different digital currencies. Um, I'm currency agnostic. I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist or Ethereum maximalist. Uh, you know, as a fund manager, I try to be 
Switzerland. I try to be neutral on all and whichever ones win and whichever ones the market picks, that's the one that I'm gonna, gonna ride along with. Um, we uh, are open to high net worth and institutional investors. Um, and we started taking outside money in March uh, and have been actively raising money all year. And it's been a great, great year to start a Bitcoin hedge fund. Do you see more and more uh, uh, people putting together these type of hedge funds? And what, Oh, and what yeah, there's seeing? a lot out there. there I think I, I forget the number, but I had read somewhere at 70 to 80 or something that are coming out. Um, you know, there's probably 10 or 15 of them that are suitable for institutional investors. The one thing I can tell you, and I, I've said this on CNBC and elsewhere, um, institutional investors are running towards this market. They're trying to figure out how to get into this market. Um, and so, you know, we can argue about whether Bitcoin's overvalued or other currencies, good or bad. What I do know is there is a wall of institutional money headed toward the cryptocurrency markets. All right, everybody, you can quote, that's an awesome quote, a wall of institutional money heading our way here. That is, um, I I'm bullish. I think, I think that's a good thing, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Um, so you're, you're currency agnostic, you say, but l let's hear, do you have a favorite uh, altcoin? Is there an altcoin you, that jumps out at you? I mean, is it, I mean, is, is Ethereum your number two? Generally, that's what people say, but I- Yeah, I mean, so, you know, in terms of the portfolio, the, the bigger coins tend to be bigger weightings because they're more liquid. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that we like one necessarily over the other, but it is a, it is a question of liquidity and how big of a position we can get into. Um, but I'll give you a couple. I mean, probably one of my single favorite ones right now is MetalPay. Uh, MTL is the symbol, Metal. Um, and what I love about them is they've got a really great team, they've got great technology, and they're solving a real-world problem. So if you don't know about them, what they're doing is they're uh, creating a wallet and a, and a financial ecosystem um, for the underserved community out there, so the high risk, and particularly, I think, initially, they're going to start with the cannabis industry. And so they have 140 merchants just waiting for them to launch this wallet and get ready to go. That's the type of investment I like. You know, I, I can see it. I know they have customers already. They've got great tech and they've got a team that's been in all of these spaces for a while now. So, you know, that is why I would consider that one of my favorites. Wow. I was not expecting that answer at all. <laughs> that is, you know, because on my show, usually we talk, it's, oh, talk about Bitcoin and then the top tier altcoins. That's one that just came out of, whoa, left field there. So well, listen, that, listen, you, everybody, that, everybody listening knows what Ethereum is, right? Everybody listening knows what all these other things are. Let's mix it up a bit and do something fun. Well, that definitely makes it uh, definitely. People do not expect you to say that. There are all sorts of people out there that love when they hear of something, they think they're getting a tip. They think that, oh, wait, I never heard of that one before. Now, uh-oh, I got a pile into that. So you just did those dudes a big favor. I got, <laughs> I got to tell you. So I, I remember everybody, Adam Meister does not endorse the coins that are mentioned on this show. <laughs> so um, I, I want to go back to, uh, to, to trading uh, uh, for what you are. I mean, definitely a professional trader here. So, I mean, this stuff comes natural to you now. This is stuff you've been doing long before, uh, long before the, the, the cryptocurrencies even existed. I, I have heard that it, mo what, 90% of traders lose money. Is that what it is? I mean, I think it, that's it, a good it, estimate. Yeah. It, explain to us how hard it is to be a, tra I mean, to be a real professional trader, because if you're like a, you said, if you're like a buy and holder who pretends to be a trader, you're going to get crushed. And I yeah. think that needs to be reiterated there. Yeah, I think, 
I, yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's difficult. It's very difficult. It's not an easy job by any means. I'm wrong a lot. Um, you know, when I go into a position um, and when I figure out how I'm going to size the position, I assume I'm going to be wrong. And I assume that I'm going to be wrong 70% of the time. Um, typically, I'm only wrong 40% of the time. But if I go into a trade thinking that I'm going to be wrong and being able to get out of it quickly, um, then I'm in a much better position and, and I can manage my risk to reward. Um, that's the biggest thing is, is managing your risk. I have seen some really great traders blow up because they don't have any type of risk management. Uh, and, and I've seen some really terrible traders make a ton of money because they have risk management and they stick to it. So if I had to say there's one thing out there that makes the difference between a good trader and a, or a losing trader and a winning trader, it is 100% about risk management, setting your exit points before you enter the trade and sticking with it. I think that uh, risk management kind of goes hand in hand with not being impulsive and having a long-term plan. And that's, yep. that's a success. You're going to have success in life if you, if you can do, if you can, people yes. are very impulsive. People do not have long-term thinking. So it, most of, most people aren't going to be good traders. That's, yeah, that's, listen, and get your ego out of it. You know, don't, if something goes against you, it goes against you. Nothing you can do about it. That's going to happen. It, it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. You just move on and move to the next one. That's, that's a real difficult thing to get over for a lot of people. Now, remember, everyone, Adam Meister is not encouraging you to trade. I'm actually discouraging you guys for trading <laughs> here. But, hey, people like, people love to hear about it because, again, this, this space is, what, 93% male, they're always, they can't stand still. They got to do something with their Bitcoin. They got to do something they, aggressive. Got to, you know, the testosterone's rushing through them. So they got to trade. I, I don't know. Well, and you know what? The one thing I would add to that, you said something interesting. They don't want to stand still. You know, a big part of why people uh, don't do well at trading is because they overtrade. Um, you know, and they say, you know, everybody says, um, you know, don't just stand there, do something, right? That's kind of the, that's kind of what most people think. I would reverse that in trading. And most of the time I just keep telling myself, don't just do something, stand there. Um, trading really can be quite boring. Uh, it's kind of like fishing. You drive around the ocean, uh, for hours and then for 10 minutes, it's exciting and you catch a fish. Um, don't overtrade. Just don't overtrade at all. Yeah. That's, that, there you go, guys. Good advice. All right. Uh, let's, you said, in the long run, if Bitcoin wins out, and if it doesn't win out, it doesn't matter. As long as you know cryptocurrencies, I don't want to put words in your mouth there. What yeah. what do you think about these Bitcoin forks that have been going on? And uh, obviously, the two X and the B Cash were attempts to our attempts to become the new Bitcoin to take over the name. And then we also had this Bitcoin Gold one that is ongoing, which was a friendly fork. What what, what do you think about all of this? And, and are you worried about two X? I'm not. Um, so what do I think about it? I think, uh, I wish that we had a, uh, better system in Bitcoin to upgrade the software. Um, uh, it feels as though this, this recent fork and, and what's coming up with the, um, with the fighting that has gone on, uh, it, it feels to me as a suboptimal way to upgrade any type of software. So I'd rather we had a different way to do it. I don't know if we will get a different way to do it. And maybe that's exactly what Bitcoin should be. It's proving to be incredibly resistant to change. So maybe this is the best system that we have. Um, you know, in terms of, of what do I think about the future? I think these forks are fine. You have too many of them and you have the potential of diluting the brand. 
Um, I don't think you had the potential to necessarily diluting the supply in a sense. Um, one coin will remain the, the king, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, but I would be concerned if you have too many forks, the general public gets very confused about what it is. For me, the general public doesn't even know about it yet, which is if, if we, are already, we were in the point of when they already knew about it, I would be a little worried about that. But for me, I think it, I just call it a crypto dividend. I just say it's, it's a reward for holding your Bitcoin, these, these forks. If they want to fork it, go ahead. Give me some. I, I, I've been enjoying the extra, uh, the extra coinage that has been sent my way. But uh, it, is, it is good, interesting to see uh, what your opinion is from, from the more uh, traditional side. And speaking of, of where you're coming from here, what is, what is the word on ICOs? What, what do you think about that? And what, what are the people on Wall Street and, and, and the national media world that you're exposed to? Do they know about this? Are they excited about ICOs? What's going on? They know a heck of a lot about ICOs. They're very excited about them. I get probably five calls a day from people that I know that are not in the crypto space, but are looking to raise money saying, how do I do this ICO thing? Um, so ICOs are here to stay. I think we're probably going to go through a period. Uh, we, we are certainly in a period of tremendous frothiness. Um, you know, I get probably 10 pitches a day from people with, you know, a nine page white paper that I'm going to do all of these things. And I'd like to raise $25 million, please. Um, that I think is crazy. Uh, that's the frothy part of this market. At some point we'll have, that'll have to be reconciled. Uh, but I think the idea of using blockchain digital currencies, uh, to take a company public earlier in its life cycle than it normally would is a very compelling prospect. And we've seen it just with the demand for, for these things. Um, every VC is getting into the space. So it's here to stay. Uh, I don't think the model as it is right now is, is the most optimal model, uh, but, but we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. It's early days. Now, obviously, these, these ICOs have helped Ethereum a lot. Do you have any thoughts on Ethereum? It, since you do know a lot about these ICOs, I mean... I love Ethereum. I, I Listen, I love Ethereum. I think that the ICOs are one thing that, that certainly drove the price up. Uh, I was actually on CNBC yesterday with Joe Lubin from Consensus. Um, I think probably the biggest thing to me uh, that I like about Ethereum is that Joe Lubin's got 400 people around the world building stuff on top of it. Um, and I don't know what's going to be built on top of it, but I know you put 400 people in a room and start building stuff. The next Facebook, the next Amazon, and the next Google is going to come out of that room. I see where you're coming from here. You like when things are actually being used and when they have a, 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 a purpose, uh, that other coin that you mentioned before, the metal. Uh, yep. What was the name of that one again? Metal, got... metal pay. And that's, that's an Ethereum token. That's an ERC-20 token. Okay, there we go. There, we're, now we're, yep. coming full, we're coming full circle here. All right, so that 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 makes sense then. In, in your uh, travels, uh, what what? So Bitcoin is mentioned the most, obviously. What is the second most uh, asked about coin that, that you? Oh, get, Ethereum, that you, without okay. a doubt, okay. without a doubt, and that's changed a lot. You know, six months ago, I I would tell people, you know, I run this hedge fund and we're invested in Bitcoin, Bitcoin and other digital currencies, and you know, most of the general public would say, wait, there's a, there's more than one Bitcoin. I didn't understand that. Um, that conversation has changed to, all right, I get Bitcoin. What do you think about Ethereum? Um, and that's probably about, you know, in that's the biggest question I get now. Ultimately, that'll filter down to some of these other, other coins. Um, it hasn't happened yet, but it will. 
that is that's the answer I generally get, and that's what I expect. Is it do it do people ask you about any other ones though? Any others, or is that just it? There's a top two. If, and no one... I mean, in general, it's really Bitcoin and Ethereum. If you get somebody who's a little more versed in it, they'll ask me about Litecoin. More often, it's you know, go down the list of what Coinbase is. Yeah, that's what. I, so that's what I was going to say. I mean, they yeah. are like them or hate them. They they put it out there what, what the top is right, right without now. question. I mean, it's, yeah, without yeah, question, they, they, they whatever they list are going to be the top coins, at least for the top yeah. for the time being, because that's where all the money's coming in. That's the new money. Yeah, they, they 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 set the tone to, to, to say the least. All right, let's. Um, can you say the allocation of your fund? Uh, the, the different uh, what percentage is you have in each uh, is is in each uh, currency in the fund? Or yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to share roughly what it is, but okay. I'll just tell you it changes a lot. Yes, okay. um, yeah, what but to give you an example, right now we're probably about ten percent Bitcoin. We're probably about fifteen to twenty percent Ethereum. Um, we are probably about five or ten percent in Ripple. Um, let's let's see what else we've got in there of the bigger names. Uh, we do. We're probably about ten percent in Litecoin. Um, we have a, a decent position in Bitcoin Cash. Um, I think that could be a really nice hedge uh, if something goes wrong with the Bitcoin fork in November. Yeah. Um, so we're we're using that as the hedge for that. Yeah. Um, so that's that'll give you a general that, idea. That, that you know what that makes sense. Um, I'm not a fan of Bcash at all, but I have been saying that if this two x, there's going to be turbulence with the two x fork, and I think there's going to be a pump of Bcash because of it. They're going to say, oh, you don't have to worry about uh, you know the people claiming to be us and, and replay protection and all that. We've got it taken care of. Right. I, I, I can see that. But so that's that's good. You got a hedge. Now you you mentioned Ripple as your like number. Now I am not a fan of Ripple at all. I mean I, I just I I, can, I hardly consider it a cryptocurrency. And it and it's it, it people always say hey it's involved with the banks. It's you know that that's a good thing. So what are what are your thoughts on Ripple? Why do you uh, why are you a fan of it? Well, so there's two reasons. One, just like the other coins that I mentioned, it's being used. There's a use case for it. Um, and so I can understand why it, that, to me, I like something. You know, I'm trying to invest in companies and coins that have a use case today. I, you know, generally don't want to invest in promises because um, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that they have a technology that people want. So if there's demand for a technology, I, I want to be involved in that. Um, I get the argument that, it, that it's involved with the banks. I get the argument that it's centralized. I understand all that. Um, but as an investor, I look at it and say, okay, well, the Ripple Corporation uh, owns 60 billion of these things. They're, that's a company right there that is going to be doing everything they can to make that 60 billion worth of Ripple valuable. So I want to be on the same side as them. So why wouldn't I want to buy Ripple? I know there's a couple hundred people at the Ripple Corporation saying, how do we get the price of Ripple up? Because that's going to affect our bottom line. So I'm just going to ride along with that. There is, there's an answer, a totally honest answer there. And hey, man, I, I definitely appreciate that. Hey, over in the Super Chat, thank you, Boris. If anybody else has got a question, send it via Super Chat. I can ask it. We only got a few more minutes here, though. Brian, let me, let me ask you about uh, a little bit about the, the Forbes article. You, you talk about blockchain versus Bitcoin a little bit. Well, what do you, uh, you, you hear the word blockchain just thrown all around. And I said to you all off the air, I guess, that I think a lot of the times people just say the word blockchain to make it themselves seem smart, like they're, they're in and, and they're scared to use Bitcoin. They think it's dirty. They associate it 
almost with some bad things. So, so what do you think about the blockchain versus Bitcoin debate? Yeah, I think, listen, I, I, I at one point was one of those people. I think that's what I was trying to convey in that article is that, listen, there, the, you say Bitcoin and people's first reaction is, isn't that the currency of criminals and drug dealers? Um, you say blockchain and everybody goes, ooh, that's really fascinating. And they don't understand that they're, they're one and the same. So what I was trying to accomplish with that article was not necessarily to say that it be a Bitcoin maximalist. I was just trying to explain why a token is important for blockchain. The token becomes the incentive. The token without the token, then you're really just looking at a really fancy and probably inefficient database. Um, with the token, you now have an entirely new system. So to me, the token is what's revolutionary, coupled with blockchain. That's the revolutionary part. We haven't seen that type of economic system before. I, I agreed, agreed. Well, we're, we're hitting the end of the show here. I really thank you for your time. Just a, a unique guest, a unique perspective on this. I, lear I learned a lot. I thought, I thought, hey, this guy's probably a Bitcoin maximalist. But hey, you're in it to do what's best to get the best return. You are a true uh, trading guy. So hey, you, you put it all out there. We don't hear that much from your side of the road on this show and other shows. And I... I just, hey, keep on doing what you're doing on CNBC when you're on there. Just spread the good word about Bitcoin to all the corporate types. Get them in here. Get them, get them into this wild and wacky world. Do you have any concluding thoughts you want to say to the masses out there, the young guys, the newbies, the ones who think they know more than you? Give it, give it, give it away now. <laughs> uh, listen, probably there's plenty of people that know more than me. So to address them would be to address a huge group. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the show. Thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I, I uh, am out there. I have, for better or worse, become kind of the public figurehead, on, at least on CNBC, of, of this new technology. Um, don't give up. It's coming. It's going to be a rocky road. But keep building what you guys are all building out there um, because this is going to be game-changing. This is going to be world-changing. So, don't give up. So yeah, we learned today the hedge fund guys are coming. Correct? They are coming. Correct. Oh wow, that was that's a big. T if you take away one thing from that, guys, that one line he had earlier, that was big stuff. So hey, someone cut that out of this video, put it in a separate video, spread it all over. Well, thank you, Brian Kelly, for being on the show today. All of his links are below. Do check out the links section below. Pound that like button, everyone. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. You can find me at disruptmeister.com. I do a new show here every day. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks a lot. See you later. See ya.